Hello, you're listening to the Eric McKenna Project. Are you ready? What exactly happened last night? Oh, man. <laughs> I'll tell you. We were in the middle of a tornado is what happened. I told you, yeah. I mean, uh, for, yeah, Southwestern PA, we, we, the warnings were there. Yeah. The warnings were happening. Um, actually, I was doing a radio show uh, locally here. I do on Saturday mornings for real estate, and they... The warning came through. Mm-hmm. Of course, no one told me, so there was probably like you know four minutes of dead air. Oh but you were playing. Was it yesterday afternoon? Yeah, it was yesterday afternoon. We were setting up. We were actually all set up for the Ambridge fireworks. We had all the gear set up. We're getting ready to go. We're doing sound check. Right. And next thing you know, it just opened up. It just roared through. It opened up. I mean, like you wouldn't believe. You know, it went from being completely calm to hailing. Uh, trees were getting knocked over like 20 feet from us knocked the power lines over it was crazy wow yeah wow wow so is it basically was it wind and rain or just uh, mostly just wind it was both i mean wow. it was it was so hard to, it was raining sideways hailing sideways <laughs> i mean <laughs> my god seriously my daughter and my wife were there wow. you know and my whole band family sure 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 it you know it might have been the scariest 10 minutes of my life. Really? I mean, because speci- specifically because my wife and my daughter were there. Yeah, no, no, no question. No you question. Know. No question. Wow. So you guys didn't play at all? No. No way. No, needless the to equip- say. Equipment got wet? Everything got drenched. So you're waiting today to find out what's salvageable and what isn't. Yeah, wow, we threw everything brutal. in a basement and put it on a dehumidifier. dehumidifier. Yeah, yeah. Amps are always the toughest. They're just, they're so temperamental. Mm-hmm. So temperamental. Yeah, so that, and it was funny because I was looking on social media last night and people were still asking, are the fireworks still on? Yeah. <laughs> I know people are like, but are the fireworks still on? At Southwestern PA, though, I mean, yeah. it's like you know, at a baseball game, it's bobbleheads, right. fireworks, yep, <laughs> <laughs> and free beer, maybe. Anyways, yep. so you have such a compelling story, um, I believe. You know, so let's take it back, and uh, we'll, we'll proceed a little bit here. And, and I don't usually do what I call historical interviews. But I want to kind of somewhat do it that way with you because I'm really fascinated to hear it. But let's start out with um, let's just start out with influences. And when did you first put a, have a guitar put in your hands, or you picked up a guitar? Man, my dad uh, was probably my biggest influence, even still to this day. You right, know? right, um, right, right. I have uh, my first memory was like probably three years old. Yeah, sitting in a chair with a guitar in my hand, a little Willie Nelson guitar, <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a microphone in front of me, kind of just like this. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's surreal because I was just going through pictures and I found that specific one. Right. You know, right, so right. like my dad, he was in a band when I was younger, and that kind of influenced me. You know. So, um, time frame. We seen a band in the seventies, eighties. Uh, early eighties. Yeah. What kind of music? Uh rock. Oh yeah. Yeah, southern rock. Southern Rock. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. Nothing. Nothing wrong with that at <laughs> no. all. Look at you now. Yep. Um, outside of your dad, though, what did you listen to when you were a kid? A little bit of everything. Um, I grew up on, like, Skinnerd, The Eagles, mm-hmm. um, Zeppelin, mm-hmm. you know. But you got it. Really, you kind of missed all that stuff. That was your dad's music, it, right? It was, but him listening to it, yeah. that's kind of what I grew up that's on. That's awesome. You know, and then in, in, in yeah, the early yeah, yeah. 90s, you know, like today, my, my music playlist is very eclectic mm-hmm. you might get some skinnered mm-hmm. you might get some tupac mm-hmm. you know i grew up in the 90s and all that was big back then we won't you know? hold that against you <laughs> <laughs> i think it was it was actually a blessing because at an early age it 
taught me to not keep myself in a box. Mm -hmm. And like later down the road, when I decided I was going to do music full time, mm -hmm. it was like people kept asking me, well, what are you going to, what genre are you? Right, right, right. What, it's a shame though. Yeah. We even asked that question. What genre are you? Like, what would you describe? I'm not like, what would you describe yourself and i always told him like i'm not going to put myself in a box mm -hmm. because once you do that then you're confined to whatever There's that no, is oh absolutely you know absolutely and, and i think the era that you grew up in was still record companies were still trying to, to pigeonhole music because mm -hmm. you, you probably watched that 80s metal thing toward the end yeah and the alternative thing then you you blend in some gangster rap there, and yep. then, and hip hop somewhere is floating amongst all of that stuff, mm -hmm. and then you have traditional country still over here, and then obviously all of a sudden Garth Brooks and that that pop country, yeah, the new era. So there, you saw an amalgamation, yeah, and you probably just were influenced by all mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was beautiful. You know, you just being able to blend. That's the good thing with like today's country, I would say, in my opinion, is you got pop you have rock you mm -hmm. have you know soul it's all mixed in one and it all just comes together beautifully it let's talk guitar for a second let's get a little little uh nerded out on guitar here so you walked in here with the taylor acoustic yeah. which is uh that's your main baby right yeah she's my yeah baby. yeah so on on the guitar front are you what do you like better do you like playing acoustic or you like electric probably acoustic okay Oh, you're honest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, with acoustic guitar, they're plugged in. There's electronics to go with it, as we were talking off camera a little right. bit, too. Um, take me back to the, the, you know, when you decided that you were actually going to do music. Like, what was the what was the trigger there? Was it someone telling you, hey, I heard you sing in the car, or hey, I heard you sing, you can do this? Or was it just, was it organic? How, how did it happen? It was just one day, you're like, I'm going to start a band. Mm. Um, it is it is crazy how all that worked out because I played music from such a young age uh, when I started I was probably 14, 15 like really like trying to learn mm -hmm. and then I played for a few years and then I kind of put it down for a while Okay. Um, I was involved in girls and partying and everything <laughs> else was more important at that time mm -hmm. and um, I was probably 31 okay you know and then that's about when i decided that man maybe to I revisit should, maybe it I, yeah maybe i can mm -hmm. the talk about the, your influences obviously you mentioned the, all these different genres and i read somewhere in your bio too that for a while there you were like massively into gangster rap mm -hmm. or hip slash hip-hop is that right yeah do you do you still feel that when you write there's any kind of nod or wink to any of that anymore incorporating sure. really for sure. i mean it's in not, lyrical I content or is it maybe beat well is it... i wouldn't necessarily say like gangster rap okay but um i don't even know what that really is to yeah. be honest with you the, the genres are so <laughs> blurred now um but i would definitely say i'm influenced by it. if you uh listen to some of the songs that i write today four wheels for instance mm -hmm. there's there's uh it's country rock with right. a little bit of that hip-hop yeah. side of it in there you yeah. know which is big you see now with florida georgia line sure. and sure you know sam hunt right all those guys so i would definitely say there's heavy influences okay okay mm -hmm. if you had to take one national artist at the moment that um 
your that it would encapsulate your music or as close to kind of somewhat what you sound like, what the vibe is. Can you can you look at one artist and say that's kind of or that artist kind of speaks closest to what I actually do? Probably Brantley Gilbert. Okay. Huh. That that, that country rock. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's appealing. It's always been appealing to me because I think that there's a natural blend. I never really understood when I was young. You know, Marshall Tucker, then there was Leonard Skinner, then there was, um, you know, uh, elements of the Almond Brothers. That Southern rock genre, yeah. which was puzzling to me because it was so well received in Southwestern PA. You mm-hmm. know, we're ab- above the Mason Dixon line, right? But but Southwestern PA really embraced southern rock would you not agree that you mm-hmm. that what you always oh, yeah, felt for too? sure yeah yeah whereas if you go to some other parts of the state or you head more east you know it doesn't it's, it's not, not as embraced yeah, or even like the same. baltimore and even even like uh north carolina south carolina it's not as strong as it is obviously in, in the deep south but uh yeah pittsburgh just always loved that i mean that's probably and obviously your your dad did too that's what mm-hmm. you were raised on right yep um, what's your thoughts on Skinnerd? And, 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 and do you feel any any kind of connection to that band? The reason I ask is it's they're so big yeah. in Southwestern PA. Yeah, I love them. Okay, have, they're they're the first concert I ever went to. My father took me to. Like, love them. Okay. Everything about them, the way they put their songs together. I mean, they they were just able to come up with so much good material constantly, just, constantly for years. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love them. They're one of my all-time favorites. Well, the reason I ask that is I hear a little bit. If I look back at your influences, what you state are your influences. When I listen to your music, I that's the one band that comes to mind. There's just elements of just hmm. of, of of Skinnered in there. Yeah. And uh, what was great about them too is they never, I never felt they ever repeated themselves. I mean, yeah. There was differentiation between songs. Mm-hmm. I think you have that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I definitely think you have that. That's a huge compliment. Well, that's me. that's that's what I I believe to be true. Is that. So, when I I guess I'd like to identify at what point again you decide to do this for real. Yeah, Um, you know, for 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 a long time I struggled with addiction Mm -hmm. um, and was going down a really, really, really dark road. Give me time frame there. Give me years. Give me an era. I'd say probably twenty one to. For about 10 years, okay. 10, 15 okay. years. Um, okay. Like, right, my parents actually got a divorce when I was 21, and it kind of sure. shot me in that direction, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I struggled with that for years, and like I said, I put the guitar down. I wasn't doing any music. I wasn't focused on anything but So that. during the addiction, there wasn't any music? Not really. Interesting. No, okay. No, there was no guitar. There was no writing. There was no, you know, anything. Um, and... Towards the end of that journey, I remember I was trying to get clean, <coughs> and um, I had a couple of days clean or whatnot, and for whatever reason, just pulled my guitar out. You know, it okay. wasn't like some aha moment, or it mm-hmm. wasn't like somebody said, oh, well, you know, you're good at that, you should do this, mm-hmm. you know? It was just like, I was looking for something to fill the time. Hmm. you know and I pulled the guitar out and I remember like I hit that first key and just right then it was just something clicked it resonated with you yeah and um 
it was kind of just like skyrocketing from there. From the well, the point when you were coming out of your addiction, you grabbed that guitar. From that point to time that you wrote your first song, estimate how long was it? Within a year. Okay. Yeah. You had your first one down, mm-hmm. and you were, and obviously you you started singing because right. it's part of the songwriting process, right? Yep. For most for most folks, right. Did you uh, the first time you played in front of an audience? I don't. I don't mean in front of your family. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about you. Actually, said, "Huh? Either was it was it a paying gig? Was it was it, it was not was a, it a bonfire? Gig. Was it a, was it a family reunion? What was it? It was actually. I'm gonna plug my good friend uh, Jay Wooly. It was down at um, Wooly Bully oh, in yeah. Brighton. Um, he's the best down there. You know, he takes care of the local oh, yeah. guys. They're and, great. They're great folks. Yeah, and the national guys. But um, he has this open mic. So that's how that it started. That was my for very you. first show. That's cool. And I remember I'm sitting up there on stage, and I swear I got my leg up on the stool. You know, my leg's shaking so bad <laughs> I can't even get the cords out. You know, oh, just thinking about it now is terrifying. Wow. So it all started at Wooly Bullies. Yep. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So open mic. Do you remember what you played that night? No idea. Can't remember. Was it one song? Was it two? It was. was it... it was two or three songs. It was you, your guitar, and a microphone. And that's it. So it was solo. Solo. See how important that probably was for you, though. That was a that had to be like a an overcoming a fear and yeah, a, a breakthrough, right? Now, yeah. when you when you stepped off that stage, outside of being terrified, did you actually in your head say, you know, I can do this? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm there getting was, the chills now. Just so there was one moment like you were went, up there. You you said, you know what? I'm doing this. I'm yeah. actually doing this. I'm mm-hmm. scared shitless, but I'm doing it. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Just thinking about it now, you know, it, it might have been the most terrifying thing. For the three cover songs for, you did? For being for being on stage. Like, okay. anytime I've ever been on stage, that was definitely the most terrifying. Huh. Now, was, were they cover songs, or was there any originals it, there? I can't remember. Probably all cover songs at that point. Okay. Okay. So, when you said, I can do this, did you want to go off as a solo artist for a while, or did you immediately think, you know what, maybe it'd be cool to have a band? I think I always wanted to be in a band at that point. Okay. You know, um, but to be honest with you, I struggled to put put together a band for a long time. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that because I think that's something that a lot of folks in their stories don't talk about. And it's hard to keep a band together. It's Mm -hmm. hard to find like-minded people with, with available schedules that actually can play and sometimes can help to contribute to the composition. Yes. Am I right? True. All those things are like true, so. true, true, true. <laughs> All of the above. So talk about the early, the early or the first quote unquote struggle, the first band you, you attempted at least to put together. Um, I, I searched for a good year. It was over a year. I searched and searched and searched and, wow. you know, Beaver County's not the biggest area, you know, and there's only so many musicians. Well, in that case, only so many musicians also that I even knew at that point. Right, right, You know, because I hadn't been in the scene whatsoever. Um, But uh, I I searched for a a good while, and then I had got to talking to my cousin, and he was playing guitar in a band with some other guys. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened, one night he asked me, hey, you you know, we're practicing, you want to come out and jam with us? And I went out and played with them that night, and then uh, the same night, their um, their bass player, which was their lead singer at the time, broke the news to them that he was leaving. Mm-hmm. 
It's a typical and rock and roll story. Like, <laughs> it was like the stars have headlined. Here's uh-huh. your opportunity. Uh-huh. Here's That's your That's how it happens. And it was crazy, you know, because if I wouldn't have went out there, that would have never been my. That would have never right. happened. You right, know right, I mean? right, right, right. And I'm a firm believer in like everything. Has now you said the bass player was leaving. Their bass player, so you, and he was their play? lead singer. So did you play bass initially? I didn't play. I didn't play. So they bass. found you find a bass. So player. we found a bass player. Okay. And I played rhythm guitar and lead singer. Okay. Yeah. So at that time, give me an example of stuff you were playing. Was it country rock? Was it more hard rock? What What was it? Um, it was country. It was rock. Um, help me understand it. Help Help the audience understand it. Maybe folks don't go to a lot of live shows. And you should. You should support local music yes. in this town. Yes, there's so you know, m- I mean, if I got five, ten, fifteen dollar cover charge, I mean, you'll go see a movie and pay that. Right. There's so much good talent in the uh, area too. It, it, Southwestern PA is loaded with great. It, it makes is. it makes it competitive too. Right. But what what is when people? It's a little country, a little rock. So if someone would have gone to that show back then, give me an example of what they would have heard. Oh. Even if you can't remember a specific song, just give me an example of the vibe. Um, it was more of like a cover band vibe then. So, okay, you know. So maybe was it country interpretations of some rock songs? Like, like uh, I, I think that happens a lot too. You take a song like I heard a, a band do an ACDC song, Back in Black, but do it with acoustics and have a little bit of a country vibe right. to it. So that, right. I think that happens a lot too. Oh yeah, for sure. Like um, even today in the project that I'm working on now with the guys that I'm in, our influences from our past all come into the music we play today. So we might play a country song that you know, you've heard on the radio or whatnot, but we play it our way. Mm-hmm. So it gives it our own little twist. Flavor. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Okay. So I think that's a misconception too. Um, uh, I've been friends with uh, Abby Abendanza with Poverty Neck for a long time and now the Hillbilly Way and, and JR. Uh, they say they have their vibe, mm-hmm. and they can like they can spread it out, but they have that own that own kind of sound. So when I hear your music, you have you have your own kind of sound. Yeah, you definitely do. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I tell you as a, as an appreciator of music, don't lose that. Yeah. But um, I think the there's still a good amount of fans out there that are so used to having everything labeled. That's not rock. That's country. Right. Or this is not country. That's rock. No, it's just the output. It's just what they do. Right. It's just what they do. I mean, well, that's what makes you unique to what you're doing, in mm-hmm. my opinion. You know, because it's one thing to to cover something, but if you cover it in your own way and make it personal to you, mm-hmm. it's a complete game changer. Right. 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 Know? Right. Right. What's harder for you? Is it harder to play a cover song uniquely? So it can give the the audience something different, or play your own song that you created to play a cover song uniquely. Because sometimes you get caught up. Like I find myself getting caught up sounding exactly like uh-huh. it sounds on the radio, right. and it's like you know somebody will say something and it sounds just like it. And here's the here's the kicker for that is you fifty fifty with people. Fifty percent of people want to hear it exactly how they hear it on the radio, and the other fifty percent of people want to hear it in your way. And you got to find a balance between that. I concur. And it's like you're never going to please them all. No, no, you won't. Yeah, the writing process for you. Do you write on acoustic? Do you write without an instrument? Do you, do you concentrate on lyrics? Do you? I come up with the hook first. Okay. I, I write on my acoustic. Okay. The majority of the time. So the music before the lyrics. Um. 
the music before the lyrics. Huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All I right. was just talking with my lead guitarist about this the other day, and, and now it's beautiful because he can, he can get some stuff recorded and he'll send it to me. You know, some riffs or some mm-hmm. a little bit of music, uh-huh. twenty seconds worth, whatever. Um, but we were just talking about our writing processes, and his is different than mine. Okay. I take the music first and put words to it, and I the first thing in my experiences i'll hear the hook first okay and then i build the whole song around the hook i think it's a common that's a, a common process for a lot of people and his is he gets the music or he gets the lyrics first mm-hmm. and then tries to put them together and then puts music to it which which to me would be more difficult yeah. i think yeah just I from the way sit, my brain's wired yeah like i can't sit down and just write a song and say like right now okay i'm gonna write a song and even put an hour aside a day to, that I'm going to take and go right because it yeah. just doesn't work for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it always comes to me like when I least expect it. I'll be just so inspiration something. can come from anywhere. Right. Do you believe in the writing process? That there's two philosophies I think that are always out there that you hear. One is that I have to schedule myself an hour, an hour and a half. I'm I'm going to quote unquote go right. Yeah. Or do you believe that it just comes when it comes and you have to be ready to accept it when it comes and you have to somehow find a way to get it down when it comes? Yeah. Like what, what works for you? Can you actually be regimented enough to schedule time to write? I, I Actually, I've been tossing the idea up to specifically set aside 10, 15 minutes a day to just write. But not necessarily write a song, just write whatever comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed supposedly i've never done it i don't know it's supposed to help in the creative process get your creative juices running mm-hmm. the journal um, every day right right um but for me like i said it's just it's such random times mm-hmm. you know i could be in in the car and hear hear us hear another song yeah an influence and, yeah you know and then it's like oh, okay that's a good idea you know? Yeah, because I mean, nothing's original, and I, 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 you know, obviously you don't want to plagiarize anybody. There's only so many chords. There's no, and there's only so many finite notes on that fingerboard, my friend. Right. Yeah, there's <laughs> only so many. And you got, and let's face it, uh, the three chord song is pretty much the staple of American music, right. blues music. Yep. Um, talk about blues for a second. Are you, were you ever exposed to that uh, when you were younger? Mm, not really. Not real traditional blues. Like mm-hmm. it was. Uh, did you did you were you aware of like Eric Clapton? Were I you was aware of, okay. Yeah. yeah, some bands. Well, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Were you familiar yep. with that? Mm-hmm. That's obviously I I, those him. guys are directly from the blues. I didn't get more of a heavy heavy influence from him until later in life. Okay, not not at a very young age. Okay, like I appreciate what he does or did now more than I did, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. You know, I think it's with, with a lot of people. I mean, me, me included. It's it's. I think you have appreciation for things that you dismissed when you were young. Right. For whatever reason. Yeah. It can yep. be from a multitude of reasons. Yep. Even yep. the stuff your parents told you when you were young. <laughs> <laughs> Not music you know, related. <laughs> you know, as you get older, you're like, man, my parents are right. Yeah, yeah. You that's know? that's. Just, I think that's just a circle of life. But yeah. on the music front, though, I can remember being um, tossed albums by my folks, too. I'm like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, Creedence Clearwater Revival for me was something my folks played <laughs> all the time. And I don't know if I just was sick of it yeah i don't want us to but later in life you kind of make that circle mm. and like wow that was some good stuff yep. it brings back those memories that's yeah. a beautiful thing that's why i love music so much because it doesn't matter what you're doing 
or where you're at, you know, it can give you that feeling that nothing else in the world can. It's a trigger. It's a mental trigger. Right. And take you back. And you yep. can feel. You, uh, music helps you feel. I love the word vibe. I probably overuse it, but it's just, it just take you back from an emotional standpoint. Right. Better than even a discussion can do. You can have a discussion with a buddy, right? And then the, but you can rehash old times. Mm -hmm. And you'll kind of go back there mentally, you know, and he can trigger a, a, a vibe and you can too, or a memory. But that music thing, you don't need anybody else. There's just nothing that, like it. Yeah, you put that music on, it just takes you on, on its own. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so back to our little story. We make the long come around the end here. <laughs> So we do here on this show. We ramble a lot, which is part of the charm. I hope. That's it. Um, so you, the first gig's done. You put your, you put your first band together. Um, talk about that because mm -hmm. obviously there's a lot of frustration that would have to come with changing members and people yeah. not lining up the same philosophy and and all that stuff. And I'm not. We don't need individual names a, or anything. But just the, the process yeah. that you took to get here is what we're interested in. Yeah, it was a learning process. You know, um, definitely. I'd never been in a band before. And I was pushed right into being the front front man mm -hmm. um, with no experience. So it's a little dangerous. Yeah, the whole you know because you're out front. Was it always going to be your band, the Justin Wade Band, or did you folks? No, them? actually, my nickname is Jet. It's always been from a young age, you know. Um, and that was the that was that band's name was Jet. Jet. Yeah. Okay. Country rock was it? Was it originals covers? Was there a little originals blended with covers? Little, yeah, there was a little, little, little originals. What was the first song that you wrote? <sighs> Easy living. Okay, that's been done before, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming the the vocals and then the music were different. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, that was my first song I ever wrote. All right. Um, but it, it was a journey, you know. It was a process. Even even still to this day, you know, it's still a learning curve. For me i don't ever like to get to a point to where i think i know everything mm -hmm. whether it comes to writing or whether it comes to being a front man or a dad mm -hmm. or a yeah. good husband you know what i mean like i try to stay open because that's the only way that i can grow the yeah. instrument will humble you oh yeah the guitar is a humbling yeah <laughs> it's a right it's now. a humbling beast yep. <laughs> there's no question about that yep <laughs> um is the, the band that you have today um the justin wade band are, were those members, any of those members around from the beginning? No. Oh, so it's been a journey then. Yeah. So how did the formation of this current band come about? Um, when I was in my last band, things for me started to go a different direction than where my bandmates wanted to Musically? go. Musically? Musically, yeah. Um, and what I mean by that is they were comfortable just being, uh, to say lack of better words a garage band mm -hmm. you know they didn't want to yeah they didn't want to um tour they didn't want to you know the vision was different the visions were just they different. sound like weekend warriors yeah they just want to have a good time it was a lot of fun you know yeah but that's that's all they wanted to do was fun okay um and i was looking to go a different direction and for me i felt like if i didn't walk away from that project when i did mm. i would never Okay, before we, before we go there, though, what, 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 what was the trigger with you that made you say, hey, I want to take this to a bigger audience. I want to take it to a, a different place. I mean, once you get on stage a couple times. That's all it took, huh? Mm-hmm. You get that feeling a couple <laughs> times, you know? I mean, that's the reality of it. Um, 
I fell in love with it like instantly. Yeah. You know, and then I started writing more and it just became like, okay, maybe this is something we should this, you know, pursue. Okay. Um and uh talk about the experience of writing your own song and the first time you went out there and I mean obviously revealing a song for the first time to a live audience that's gotta be a little nerve wracking oh, it was definitely nerve yeah but when you see them responding when you when you see it was what's a very popular phrase in music when you see them getting off on it when yeah. you see them like if the feedbacks come back that had to be incredible it is it's uncomparable to anything you know what it's like and this is for me like you know we talked about my addiction and everything that I was dealing with music was such a heavy influence on keeping me away from that stuff uh -huh. because I was getting the same feeling that getting off feeling yeah that you know from the crowd's reaction and being on stage and everything that I was from doing drugs got it got it got it got you it you know yeah. like it's yeah. uncomparable it's it is and and it's and it's a, a serene place that you don't need any of that stuff right it was just natural right you know yeah, that's awesome yeah and that, that's so in theory the the that's part of what may maybe saved you yeah you know I, from, i'm a firm from, believer, from addiction yeah. right i mean uh that that and a lot of hard work and, and yeah and you know god of my understanding for mm, sure man. yeah well no nobody gets i believe this no one gets clean unless there's a huge amount of determination yeah it has to come from within yeah, you can't do it because somebody else wants you to or because you're being forced to. Right. You know, legally or whatever. Right, right, right. You know, right. if you don't want it in here. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you feel that your addiction makes you a different kind of songwriter now, makes you a different kind of player now? Is there is there a deeper connectivity for, for what you're doing? And the reason I say that is I've had a couple artists tell me that their struggles with addiction um, now these are artists that were sober, then went into they were already playing, and then went were, you know went through a struggle, and it came out of the other end, and it, it come out the other end changed. So I'm asking you, do you feel that when you write, even when you write, do you feel do you feel an internal influence? Do you feel, do you feel a pull in any way, uh, a connection with a, a lyric or a song that's just deeper for you because of what you've been struggled to get to where you are? especially through the addiction? Um, I would say that not just specifically music, but in every aspect of life today, mm -hmm. it's a different connection with everything mm -hmm. because of that. A deeper level, uh, more taking a look at things, you know, in a different way that I wouldn't before, mm -hmm. you know, for sure. So obviously you've you got a family, You've right. got concerns in regards to taking care of them. And I know you and your father work extremely hard at the construction business. We do. Which probably does not leave you a lot of time <laughs> <laughs> for, for music. I mean, we I can share this. We had some scheduling issues here uh, to get him in, uh, obviously, because he's he, – and, 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 you, and you, you play a full schedule. I mean, I looked at the tour itinerary there for past and present. I mean, yeah. you guys are – your book's solid. Yeah, it's a blessing. It is. It is. I get that too. That's a lot of work, though. It is. It's, I mean, it's a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, uh, is it's. How do you. I guess my, my point is how do you find. Um, in local music, obviously, you have to connect with bar owners, you have to connect with venue owners. And when you're doing that, um, 
Do you have someone do that for you? Or you you no. interfe- you're doing it yourself. Do so it you're, you are your own booking agent. I am my own booking agent. I'm my own promoter. Okay. Yeah. So it's all encompassing for you. How how, how hard is it to convince um, a place you haven't a place you haven't been before? Mm-hmm. You know, XYZ bar in XYZ town. Yeah. And you make the first call there. How hard is it to because local music takes it on the chin all the time. All the time. Um, it, it varies, to be honest with you, in my experience. Um, sometimes I call some somewhere, new establishment, and there's no problem. Hmm. Yeah, let's set a date, pick a date. Mm-hmm. Other times I can't even get an email back. I can't get a phone call back. Um, you know, so it's like, it's really wishy-washy, to be honest. Okay. Well, obviously, the more gigs you play and the more your name, I mean, I imagine it's probably a little easier now that you are established than it was in the very beginning, so obviously. It's, it's, it's definitely getting a little bit easier. Okay. In the beginning, it was really hard, you know, because you don't know anybody. I didn't know any contacts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have any relationships with anybody. Right, right, right. You know. And local bands in general, at least I can only speak from my experience in Southwestern PA, I mean, you have to love it because there's really no money in it. I mean, right, yeah. I mean, so um, no. the ins and outs of this, and, and this is good for people to hear who don't know, but do once in a while go out. You guys are generally walking out of the, the hall oftentimes either with no money or very little money in most instances. So you're doing it for the love of it. And if you get a good night, you might walk out there okay. Yeah. But you really don't know from show to show. And I'm sure every bar's got a different arrangement. Mm-hmm. So how, how so the public knows, how do, what are some of the arrangements you guys have when you go to play? You don't have to name specific bars, but sometimes there's a cover charge. Sometimes yeah. there's not a cover charge. How, how do you folks make money playing locally? We don't. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You've heard it. You've heard it. I mean, realistically, when you put, okay, when we when we do a show, you might get three or four hours mm-hmm. at the show. But what most people don't see is all the work that goes on for the weeks leading up to that show. The practices, the hours upon hours upon hours of practice, um, emails, calls. You know, mm-hmm. it's a full-time job. The, the equipment alone. Replacing broken equipment, right. hauling equipment to the gig. So realistically, <laughs> you know, if you ran numbers at the end of the year, you're losing. Yeah. You break even, you yeah. know. At this at this stage, it's it's a blessing, yeah. you know. And it is amazing too. It's a phenomenon to me that I just don't think, um, and, I, and I don't know why this is. Maybe you can help me understand that local music is not appreciated enough it's appreciated i think there are southwestern pa we get out we Mm -hmm. do but it's people will fight a five dollar cover charge or ten dollar cover charge for a band that brought all their equipment in Mm. does the whole setup goes out and performs for hours upon hours it's the same amount of money that they probably bought a big mac at mcdonald's on on the way to the you know they might have spent more money at the mcdonald's than they would at the show yeah or they're going to go to the show and spend a hundred dollars on booze for them and their friends right it's just uh the, the philosophy is somehow lost would you know would you agree i agree and why is that i have no idea if i knew that i'd be a millionaire yeah i just I, I ponder that all the I, time I, though it's um i do too I, I i can't make sense of it you know we brainstorm a lot and like what can we do to change this or to make this better and mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah. So I ask you the same question. I pretty much ask all the the, the artists to come in here. Um, you know, w- when you set out to record your music, oh, 
little Johnny fellow. Uh oh, man down, <laughs> man down. <laughs> I think he's probably fallen over many times in his life, <laughs> knowing that guy. Uh, but when you record your music, or you set out to to you know, I don't even know the format anymore. Do you even produce CDs anymore? Is it is everything goes straight to download now? Uh, we do both. Okay, actually, okay. Um, yeah. So there's an investment, obviously. In the production, the studio time, the recording. Yeah, I forgot to mention that too. Well, yeah, yeah. So the thing is, to get to be monetized anymore, it almost seems impossible. I mean, I've talked to national uh, artists that just are completely disgusted with the system situation now. So, yeah, the only hope for you folks to to monetize your efforts probably is playing live, right? I yeah. Mean, how, how's that work now? As far as just making money, you're you're writing a song it's, actually because you want to do it because you love to do it. Yeah, um, it's a brutal it's a brutal business. There's no doubt about it. Um, making money comes from merchandise and live shows. Realistically, now mm -hmm. you know shirts, CDs that you have in hand, koozies, whatever kind of mm -hmm. merch you know, hats, you name it. Um, and one of the things we're working on right now is a is a sponsorship you know we mm -hmm. just put together a sponsorship package and we're kind of putting our feelers out for that sure. you know um but uh i mean that's that's really all there is right now you know mm -hmm. as far as do your live shows and try to you know push as much merch as you can you yeah. know what i mean yeah, to yeah. kind of support because here's the thing like people i, I want to say this so people understand like i do it because i love it now granted with that being said i can't continue forever to do something for or that i love for you know let's say the so-called fans or mm -hmm. you know whatnot and if there's no you know well, it's an expense to you it's return, just a constant expense right, right. you right. know so it's not like we're doing it to be millionaires right we love to do it for you we know that we know how it makes us feel. We know how it makes, you know, you feel. Yeah. I mean, to me, three, three and a half hours of live, organic music, especially in a genre that you like, right, is worth $15. It's worth $20. It's certainly worth $5. Well, here's what gets me is that people don't have no problem going and paying five, $600 to go see bruno mars or mm -hmm. to go see you know mm -hmm. somebody who's already made it to a level that they realistically don't even need that mm -hmm. um but can't you know don't want to spend like you said earlier five dollars to go see somebody local right you know that, right because here's the reality is all those people started sure they did right where everybody else did sure they did and it took the home, the the whole hometown, and the local stations, and and everybody in their hometown mm. first to get a little that luck. push. Yeah, right. You know, so yeah, and that's I think that's been a, but any local band that's been playing for decades probably feels that um, that just the the local music isn't respected as as much. But um, anyone that plays out too is you got to have a love and passion for it i mean you have to because you know at the end of the, day, end of the day it is what it is but yep. you keep doing it it's in you right to do it but the so you the, the latest song you have i think is woman is that correct yeah story to tell and woman okay mm -hmm. so when you 
the the hope is obviously for radio airplay. The hope is for the for it to be picked up. Hope to have obviously organically the vibe at the shows that the you know, people enjoying that song. Yeah, but to monetize the song now, what's the process to do that? I mean, it's just a is it is it Spotify? Is it iTunes? Is it Google Play? It's everywhere you can download. Yeah, music right now. Yeah. yeah, but then but then you've been it's up to you then to promote that. Is that right? right? Yeah, I think it's so difficult for younger artists anymore and, and obviously record contracts aren't being given out i mean it's it's almost this is just how i view it tell me if i'm wrong years and years and years ago your ar executives your uh people that would give out record contracts were there's money to do it they were doing it yeah and looking for young talent it probably doesn't it doesn't seem to be as prevalent anymore no, i would agree and they keep regurgitating the same already established bands it just appears that way to yeah. me yeah i mean uh have you ever reached out to a label at all just to just to inquire it's not even worth it huh? you can't get emails you can't get any response you, you can't get responses wow you know? not even to look at the music no wow i mean we reached out to a couple a and r's um <clears throat> the responses that we did get were from uh a and R's that said they didn't deal with that type of music, so they did listen. That type of music, yeah. Well, that genre, whether you know rock, country, they did hip hop or they did mm -hmm. um, pop. Mm -hmm. You know, specific. Okay. That's well, what is your genre? Country. Country rock. is it country rock? Country rock. Country rock. Yeah. So, okay, I, I don't know, so I'm asking, what is Garth Brooks's? genre he's his own thing but if you listen to his music and a, and a record company was going to put him in a box and label and sell it what is that what's taylor swift pop she's new country okay so you're new, your, new country your country I, when walk I say, when what's i say new country, country rock i'm classifying it as the same thing basically as new country interesting and that's a little bit of everything okay you know with taylor swift you can find her on 96.1. You can find her on... It's brilliant. You name it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's pop. It's country. It's rock. It's a little... Everything mashed into one. Mm -hmm. You know? That's the that's the place that I foresee Justin Wade band music being. Okay. That's, that's idealistic for me. Is because, like I said earlier, not wanting to put myself in a box. I don't want you to right. just be able to hear it on one station. Right. Or, you know... I want I I would love it to be on be able to be heard on any platform. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean Abby Abandanza Abby Abandanza talked about when the Poverty Killbillies were in their heyday. They had a song on DVE and the mm -hmm. same song was being played on Froggy and Y108. Right. And DVE, which right. that was that was a it's beautiful. feat. That's a yeah. feat. Right. Right? I mean, that's a right. feat. But uh, I imagine it can go the other way. It can be, it can go to the pop stations in town, whether they 107, 100 points, I don't know. But you, you could be on Froggy or Y108 and also be on a pop station. That would also be a great feat as well. Right. Yeah. It's, um, I, I will tell you, uh, in researching you and your band, there are a lot of tremendous reviews. I mean, I don't know if you see them all. I'm hoping you do. I went to multiple websites and multiple, I mean, even believe it or not, there's still kind of, not message boards, but there's still articles that have comments behind them. I don't know if they're linked to Facebook. I'm not sure how that works, yeah. but there's a lot of, the vibe is good for you. Yeah. I mean, I hope you're feeling that because. Uh, we, we definitely do, and we appreciate it more than, you know, words. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, 
and I've watched some uh, fan footage. Some of your fans will take footage of the live shows, and um, most of the time you got a big old grin on your face. So, <laughs> so obviously it looks like I you're, love it. it looks like you're thoroughly enjoying I yourself do. up there. I do. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it, again, I don't want to be philosophical here, but do you see? Anything on the horizon from from your vantage point that it's going to help local artists start to monetize? Is there any new technology that, that might be coming to to help you uh, maybe maybe enable you to get more streams out? Or uh, streaming is a bad word. I know you, you folks are paid so little on that; it's almost a joke. Yeah. But is there a way to to maybe you know sell? your uploads directly from your website is that a possibility is yeah it? you can you can um you can go to the website now and you can download the music straight from there you can do it straight from facebook uh-huh. um spotify itunes yeah. of course all that yeah you know. if you um outside of the you, you were out recently on uh was it abc what was it in harrisburg is yeah. that right good day pa yeah good day PA. how'd that happen uh a lot of emails Right, a lot of self promotion, right? right? And they and they called you, and you drove out there and did that. We did, yeah, yeah. And the production was pretty good. I thought, I thought for a local uh, television station, it actually sounded really good. Yeah, yeah. it was, it, it was nice, you know. Was that nerve nerve wracking a bit? No, nah. it was. That was no no issue, huh? Yeah, didn't 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 miss a beat there. No. Nope. Yeah, I thought it sounded very good. That was, I mean, that's. That's just tenacity on your behalf, just continually going after it and asking for a shot. You know what's funny is you asked about the nerves or anything like that. Uh-huh. And it's me and my lead guitarist, uh, Bobby Thompson, he's uh, hands down, in my opinion, the best guitarist I've ever met. Okay. Um, he, uh, We have kind of a little joke that we say back and forth to each other, like, He'll be like, man, it ain't even nothing. We were born to do this. Uh-huh. You know, like, uh-huh. this is what we do on a yeah. daily basis. And yeah, like. Yeah. He'll say it to me, or I'll say it right. to him, and it's just. And you got there. I mean, you're now there. Yeah. You know? Now I'd imagine this one had to be a little different, looking into a massive like. I guess they there was, had the, there was like three, four big cameras. Yeah, and they're like, they're probably on a roller, right? And some mm-hmm. guy standing behind it. it was yeah. Just, yeah, that had to be a little different. Yeah, it was. It was definitely different. Um, it was a lot of fun though. Yeah. So you yeah. went out there. How long? How long was the whole thing? You drove out for the time you got to the stations and the time you were done. How how long was it? Um. We got to the station at about 9 a.m. We did we did one song, and as soon as we were done with that song, it was live. As soon as we were done with that, they're like, hey, you guys are here. We love that. Would you love? Would you like to stay and do another song? And we how, weren't how expecting awesome that? that at all. Yeah. yeah. How and, awesome was that? And, you know, we looked around and everybody. Uh, and was yeah, like, you only asked twice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Come on, we're here. We're here now. Yeah, of course we would. We'd love to. Yeah. You know, so yeah. we stuck around for another couple for another couple hours. You know, they finished their broadcasting. Right. And then we went in and did a recording, which we're waiting to hear back from them now when they're going to air that. Okay. No, that's very cool. That's yeah, very cool. Now, a lot of the stations are doing like uh, they'll have their regular broadcast and they'll have a web show after or something. Yeah. They'll, they'll incorporate that with uh, with online. That's it. Let me um, talk to you about uh, downloading, and then we'll talk a little bit about social media here as well. Um, so uh, you are you are how old now? Thirty nine. All right, he's holding tight that thirty nine there. <laughs> so you're old enough. I just had a birthday, man. June twenty. <laughs> well, you're well, well. Happy birthday to you. you. Belated. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had a beer, but it's too early recording today, we would have one. I want to tell you, 
you're old enough to appreciate or be frustrated by what happened with Napster and the downloading and everything that happened. And, and you know, we've talked about uh, this on this show multiple times, but I, I do enjoy like bringing this conversation up to all musicians. To me, I've been on record saying it's theft. It's yeah. theft. It's 100% theft of proprietary, copyrighted, that's uh, art. What you're creating is art, but it's also your work. And uh, that has really taken just the revenue away from not just established artists, they've made their money. It's people like you who don't have a chance to monetize their and, uh, right. and uh, do, you, do you still dwell on that? I mean, is this still a time to frustrate you? No, you're kind of over I it I don't now. dwell on it. You know, there's no sense in living in it, you know, mm -hmm. or dwelling on it because yeah. there's nothing. What are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. You figure out a plan to overcome it and move yeah. forward. It's just such a different aspect of music now that they, you know, you just... You just people go on the web and just take it. Yeah, it just it's just, now it's flattering to some degree. Someone wants it, I suppose. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the opportunity to monetize that. So, you've also seen the uh, the birth of social media, mm. starting in probably with MySpace and what oh five oh six, and then but but Facebook being the heavy, and of course Instagram being owned by Facebook now. Obviously, they're they're kind of the same, different yeah. but the same. Yeah, how important is it for you? To, to pay attention to it, to, to, to market on it, and to interact with people on it. I mean, that's a business in itself. Hmm. You know, like, that's a full-time job in itself. Right. And it's a, it's huge, I believe. It's a huge part of the, of, of the puzzle. For, for local acts, yeah. For anything, I mean, yeah. you know, especially like being, doing music like like we do, like keeping track with the Facebook and the social, and, and Instagram and Snapchat and, mm. you know, because. Oh, you're doing them all, eh? You have to. <laughs> Twitter, I mean, you have to. Yeah, you Twitter's know? the Wild West, man. I can't go there. It's just, yeah. I don't get it. I it's have, just... I struggle with Twitter, too. Yeah. And everybody's like, man, you got to do it. You I guess. I'm like. I guess. I guess. Especially I with know. the. Uh, and with your fans that are younger than you know, ten years younger than where you are, when they're thirty and down, they're pretty much ingrained on there. Yeah, and you have to Snapchat and Instagram. That's that's where everybody's at. Yeah, I can deal with Snapchat. It makes sense, I think. But uh, but I, and I also can see how it's important to a band as well. It's because mm -hmm. uh, it's that visual. It's like that visual photograph tells a story. Yeah. Well, people nowadays they want to see that stuff. They want to see something visual. They want to be able to touch something, but they don't want to just see it once a week. Or, I mean, once every six months. Nowadays, they want something constantly. And that's the bigger picture question right. is the, the connectivity with artists and fans are so close now. Whereas decades ago, there was that separation. Yeah. You'd wait for a rock magazine to come out and you'd read it, or you'd, you know, there, was, there wasn't that instant gratification right. of curiosity. Your curiosity being fed constantly mm -hmm. didn't have that, right? Right. So it's that's got to be very difficult on artists in a lot of ways. The privacy issues. Oh, of course. I mean, have um, you struggled at all with that to any degree in your career? I mean, did you do you? And I ask that even for our local artists because some of the local artists I've talked to have had a couple issues where the social media followers of theirs feel they're owed mm. they're owed a certain conversation yeah. or some attention or a t-shirt or something free or 
you know, uh, or time. You know, you 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 go, you owe me this opportunity to drink beer with you. Okay, I've heard mm-hmm. that before. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if you, what, I've what, never had to experience anything like that before. Mm-mm. Okay, well, that's good then. That's good. Yeah. So your social media for at least at this point has been positive. For I mean, you guys. don't don't get me wrong. We've had a few crazies, but well, give me an example. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I plead a fifth. <laughs> well, you're in the music business. That's all. That's always going to happen. Yeah. But that, that there is, I think, uh, you know, it's social media has leveled the playing field. And everybody's got a voice now. I'm not yeah. convinced everybody should have a voice. Some people probably don't warrant a voice. You know, um, critics are very uh, prevalent on social media, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody. Everybody's a critic. Every, and everybody's got an opinion on how you should be doing things differently. Mm-hmm. How do you handle that? I mean, there's not much you can do about it. You know, everybody's going to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, Um for me, I keep my personal life as best I can and business completely separated right. from social right. media. Yeah. You know, if it has something to do with my kids or my specific immediate family, like it's not getting posted on Facebook. Right. Or, um, so you have to be guarded there more than the average person because yeah. it's just too public. Right. Right. Um, but it's tough, you know, uh, especially, you know, when you're an artist, I believe in like, it doesn't matter just an artist in general not just a musician right just in general i believe that the critic side of everything and the trying to be perfect Mm -hmm. is really really tough you know it's mentally exhausting is this good enough when you say try to be perfect you mean uh help help me understand did i sing this for me personally did i sing that song right was that was that was that line good Mm -hmm. did the guitar sound good are people gonna like this and then people start commenting you know yeah um so it's uh it's a uh sometimes it's a struggle for sure you know especially being a writer because i write a song when i'm writing are people gonna like this Mm -hmm. you know that probably was always around but i don't think in the past people were there wasn't that instant feedback yeah i couldn't couldn't post something on facebook Right. And then all of a sudden, 10,000 people go on there and say, yay or nay. Yeah, like know? in the 90s or the 80s or 70s, you'd write a song and, and the, you would know the feedback if it's sold or not. Right. Or how people react in concert or if a critic would write a newspaper article. But now you're getting this instant feedback. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. And you can that's get any Joe, Joe or Jane, you know, that can write on there any kind of nasty stuff or any kind yeah, of good like, stuff that they yeah, want to. Yeah, you know? and so like I said, it's given the voice to everybody, but some folks probably don't warrant a voice, which is it's part of the landscape you gotta That's deal it, with. Man. No, I, I, totally yep. give, I totally deal with that. So um, before we let you perform here, because I'm very anxious, you'll be the first person ever to perform on the Eric McKenna it. Project. How cool is that? And that's real cool. But um, the immediate plans for the band, what do you guys got cooking right now? Oh man, we're uh, we have a lot of stuff coming up. We got our summer tour that's going on. You can find that if you're uh, interested at Justin Wade Band. Mm-hmm. Um, go under the shows tab and whatnot. Uh, JustinWadeBand.com. Yeah, and uh, we have a lot of stuff in store, man. You know. All right, I have some surprises. Mm-hmm. We like we like surprises around here. Yeah. All right, so what are you gonna play for us today? Um. I'm going to play you a new song, I think. Okay. 
nobody's really heard this one yet all right so, what's the name of it it's gonna be called lonely road lonely road let's do it right. let's do it Like that song a lot. Yeah. That's not recorded yet. No. Not for release yet. Mm -mm. I'm guessing that's coming. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do one more? Yeah. You yeah. pick it. You yeah, pick I'll it. Do one more. Let's do. Let's try this. Take two. Faith in a 
face, but I never lost faith in you. Lost time and I lost faith in I lost face, but I never lost faith in you. show this has been yeah, very man. positive you happy thank you, you come back and happy. see us again yes 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 if you're looking for any of those songs you can actually go find woman right now on uh all downloading platforms oh yeah it's everywhere iTunes. yeah it's, it's everywhere. everywhere it's everywhere yeah and uh look out for it on on your local radio stations make sure you call them ask Abs- and ask for it that ask includes froggy it. radio yes that includes yes. frog our friends at froggy love them over there they're absolutely doing some, right doing some good things for the local guys they right? are yeah and we love it we appreciate they're going to do even them. more of it from what i understand yeah. that they're, they're trending in that direction so I, i'll challenge you to have you back on i want you to bring your uh your lead guitar player next time yeah. too yeah until you can 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 uh maybe do some additional tunes. Yeah, we got a couple for you. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to have you both in for sure. Yeah, we love to be back, man. This has been great. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for having me. All right. Me. That's man. Justin Wayband. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. it. You can reach him, justinwayband.com. He's everywhere. The music's available mm-hmm. everywhere. Check this guy out. This guy's on the move, and this band is on the move. God bless you all. Until next time, the Eric McKenna Project. We are out. My man. Dude, you happy with that? Yeah, man. That was fucking great.